millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast from TalkSport. This is Paul Hawksby. And Andy Jacobs. And welcome once again to the H&J Daily with some of the best bits of this afternoon's show. Well, one of the things we did today was enter the wonderful world of weird and wonderful football shirts. They're all owned by a bloke called uh, Richard Johnson. And it's a fantastic book, isn't it? I know. He's, uh, every, every time he suggested some sort of shirt, he went, oh, I've got that one. Yeah, well, he, he got, yeah, he's got them all. He's got them all. He's got them all. I tried to get him some new ones. But anyway, uh, we spoke to a Leeds fan who wrote to Marcelo Bielsa. There's a lovely story attached to it, as you will discover, mm. uh, Aaron Clark. Uh, we spoke to Jem uh, Toyga. He is the manager of Piccadilly Line FC. They play in the uh, London Underground League. Of course they do. <laughs> so we spoke to him. We had a bit of a chat about various things. Yes. Andy's, uh, Andy's very impressed with Chelsea's goalkeeper at the moment, as you'll discover. <laughs> and uh, lots of other stuff besides. So here it all is. <laughs> Good afternoon, everyone. Good afternoon, Andy. What a, what a dramatic night it was, both at your place, where the goals were, well, yeah. Liverpool, where Liverpool, the goals yeah. were flying in, mm. and indeed uh, in the Championship, which was amazing. It's incredible, isn't it? Yeah. But still, I'd like to start with the thought that £71 million for the worst keeper in the English football pyramid. Oh, in, in the pyramid? In the pyramid. You're saying Kepa is the worst goalkeeper? Sun, I reckon they're keepers Sunday League that are better than him. In the pyramid. He just doesn't... St- Ross, he makes Ross Turnbull like a Lev Yashin. <laughs> He never stops anything. Nothing. If it's on target, it's a goal. I'm <laughs> that's telling a, you, that's a mission statement you don't want as a. It sounds like your cell line, doesn't it? Yeah, Kepa, it should be on his business card. Yeah. If it's on target, it's a goal on the side of his van. <laughs> yeah. When he drives around, absolutely should have that on his van. Yeah. On his car. Yeah. I mean, really, he hasn't honestly. got a van, has he? I doubt if Whatever he's got, happens I doubt on if Sunday, he's got a van. it take people off the scent. If you're a famous footballer, you don't want. <laughs> remember Stephen Fry used to drive around in a London taxi yeah, in a van. So the idea that Kepper would have a big white van would be marvellous. With on the side of it, uh, if it's on target, it's a goal. My son said to me, "If if Peter Check came out of the crowd in his suit last night, we'd have been better off. We'd have got a result." Well, pushed him aside. Just said, I'm go going and sit in goal. Down, son. I'm going in goal. I'm wearing this suit, but I don't care. I'll still be better than <laughs> I'm you. Wearing this suit, honestly, the free kick. Which wasn't a free kick, of course. Well done, Andre Mariner. That classic thing where he wasn't going to give a free kick, and then he saw that Mane was writhing. Do you think about. he was influenced by the crowd? Oh, Andy? No, he was influenced by Mane's <laughs> brilliant acting. And now he's the referee for Sunday. I mean, which I think is completely wrong. But there you Just go. Just because of that one decision, I don't not think for you should have twenty any, years at the very top of the game. I don't game. think you should have any controversy. I'm not a fan of that. I okay. just think it's better either he gives Chelsea a free kick to compensate, or he doesn't on Sunday. People are going to go. Well, what's going on there? You know, Do you think so- he'll remember it? I think you've honed <laughs> in on something that we've all kind of forgotten. About. Well, I think it was quite a crucial point in the no, game, I you know, the second goal. I mean, it wasn't Andre Mariner's fault that you know, Kepper didn't bother to dive. Yeah, maybe <laughs> he could have gone in goal it? for it to make <laughs> up for it. <laughs> he should have done, really. Honestly. Stood at that post. 
But let's say congratulations first to Liverpool because yeah. they are a wonderful team. It was a fascinating match, actually. Chelsea started really well and then there was a point about 20 minutes in where Liverpool thought, hang on, <laughs> we're going to have to really do something here. We're gonna... And they started pressing and pushing yeah. and pressing. And then, of course, they're brilliant. And, uh, you know, but I thought Chelsea hung in there. And, uh, Pulisic four, three, was fantastic last night. No, the, a, both goals, uh, well, the, the, the assist and the goal, were sensational. Yeah, he's an absolute prospect, no question about it. No, but Chelsea looked great going forward but tell me I mean I thought it was a very and other people have said this but they made the point in commentary last night that Chelsea are where Liverpool were two years ago and Liverpool brilliantly run club mm. and they they looked at it and they well, look, we've got all these great weapons going forward we've got Coutinho we've got Mane we've got Salah we've got blah blah blah, blah Firmino the one problem thing we haven't got is a, is a goalkeeper and a defender a yeah. central defender so let's go and buy them so instead of spending like Chelsea is planning on spending 80 million Kai Havertz what's the point of that before you've addressed it's no good to me because I Kai Havertz I, I don't watch the Havertz <laughs> so every time he's on I'm going to have to spawn through every time he's on so I don't watch the Havertz you know I, I quite don't like need to now really. it's just you like the Havertz do you? I do like the Havertz okay. I just think I thought I mean I, we, we get Dave Kidd on this show a lot I think he's a brilliant writer I love his column but I just don't agree I mean look this is his view in, the, in his match report but he says that um, if, if Chelsea finish top four and lift the cup Lampard's first season in charge of his beloved club will be deemed a roaring success. I think yeah. that's true. But then he says, lose out on both fronts and for all his personal goodwill as well as all the mitigation about a transfer policy and a blooming youth policy, a transfer ban rather than a blooming youth policy, Lampard will have failed. And I think to myself, come on, that's great hindsight. If you'd have asked any Chelsea fan, ask me, ask Jason Cundy, ask Emma who works here, if you ask any real dyed-in-the-wall Chelsea fan, would you be happy with fifth place FA Cup final and blood a whole load of youngsters and then get the chance to buy and add to this, would you be happy with that? At the start of the season, going back to August, and you'd have said yes. I thought we were going to finish 10th, honestly. 10th? Between 10th, of course. I thought, yeah, got a lot of good players. I mean, no, but know, we, 10th we had, was pushing you, You've lost your best player who's responsible for getting you out of so many holes. You've got, you know, young players you don't know how they're going to react to playing in the Premier League, you know. And I thought, in general... He's he's done pretty well. Yeah. Not perfect because they defend, you know, their set plays and everything are terrible. But I just think that you won't. You it'd be very unfair. I'm judging. I th see this season as a free pass. I'm judging next season. You know, if by December Chelsea aren't challenging, mm. well, fine, they'd be entitled with the to money. Have a look they're, they're at, with the money they're spending, they'd be entitled to look at it. But I don't yeah. think that'll be the case. But they'd be entitled to look at it. But I think at this point, I thought it was a very, very harsh view. But yeah. Yeah, he's entitled. Uh, to his you, did you see the the, the the really? I mean, West, well, West Ham looked very good. Well, I, I thought they they looked good on the ball last night. They're, yeah. Again, they're another team that don't want the season to end. But the pressure well, was off. Yeah. They could have just had a cigar on, but they didn't. I thought no. they they played well and uh, had more chances than United. It felt like it and. But the, the big talking point, of course, was um, should uh, Paul Pogba take one for the team? <laughs> yeah. Just take one in the face? Yeah. I mean, Or should Paul Pogba play in goal for Chelsea? Because he certainly has made a better, more saves than Kepa <laughs> yeah, did last yeah, night. That's right. I did. Although I thought the choice of words by Ole Gunnar Solskjaer, he said, Paul held up his hands knowing he should have taken it in the mush. <laughs> that was the problem, mate. Yeah. He shouldn't have held up his hands. He should have taken it in the mush. But, but um, he could have headed it. Yeah. I mean, that was the other But it's going to be interesting Sunday, isn't it? We, we've got it, of course, all covered here on Talk Sport. Oh, yeah, we'll run through the games. Yeah. Yeah. Got some cracking I, I games just, for I mean, Chelsea have to match Leicester. Leicester 
it'll have to beat Manchester United and then if that's the case Chelsea need a point yeah. but if not they just have to match them so if Leicester lose to United and Chelsea lose to you know they'll fall yeah. into the top I need four. you to do us a favour of course by beating Wolves so Tottenham don't end up seventh yeah. and won't, be, won't be easy waiting for Arsenal to win the FA Cup yeah, that no, won't no, be great Wolves are a good team too that's they are good teams, so. yeah, so yeah. some cracking games anyway I'll run through them a little bit later on because we've got a mixture of matches that we're going to bring you on TalkSport TalkSport 2 and a lot of them on the app as well so we've got most bases covered for you the Hawksby and Jacobs daily podcast from TalkSport Hawksby and Jacobs here on TalkSport Goffey and Adrian with you at 4 with Drive and uh, we've been hearing lots of stories this week about uh, Marcelo Bielsa since Leeds were uh, promoted and just the way he's interacted with uh, some of the fan base and indeed the way they've interacted with him and feeling Mm. that they can do and this was true of our next guest his name's Aaron Clark he's uh, 21 and he decided to drop the gaffer a line but I mean he did go above and beyond yes the call of duty uh, in an effort to do that and um, we did touch on this story and Hawkey was right about in the Sunday Times, but the man himself is here to explain. Good afternoon, Aaron. Hi, how are you doing? Yeah, we're good, thank you. So, look, tell us, tell us your story of, uh, of, of writing to Bielsa and what happened next. Well, um, I kind of had the idea. I mean, Bielsa inspired quite a lot of, of, of things for me. So, I, for instance, I started coaching um, because of him. And uh, I had the idea and I thought, you know, I could get in touch with him and I'd heard other stories of you know people sending him letters and that kind of thing so I thought oh I can have a go at that and um, I, I did and, and I, I got a, uh, a Spanish tutor who was from Rosario so he was a New Orleans All Boys fan <laughs> and we translated the letter together and um, I sent it off and I thought I thought nothing of it I thought you know I'll just send it off and if he reads it then that's a, that's a massive bonus and uh, yeah he ended up getting in touch and uh, get, gave me a call yeah, that's lovely. As I yeah, said, you, nice. you 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 went above and beyond to do that and wrote it in in Spanish for him with some South American inflections, which he appreciated. And uh, he he said some lovely stuff. Did you think it was a wind up at first? Because you were asked to ring uh, somebody mm. at the club, and then you were handed on to uh, to Bielsa. So, did you think it was a wind up, or did you believe it all the way? Absolutely not. No, I, I, I came in from a, a dog walk actually, and I've got. Um, I've got a mate at university called Luca, and uh, my mum said, oh, there's a guy called Luca on the phone, so I thought it was my mate, and uh, I picked the phone up, and um, yeah, sure enough, that was that was Bielsa's translator, and I was I was on the spot for sure, because, um, you know, I'd, I'd kind of rehearsed a bit, but I had none of my notes with me, so yeah, it was, it was a shock, but um, a welcome one. When you're coaching, do you sit on a basura? <laughs> <laughs> I, I turn the bucket upside down and sit on it. No, I, I don't. I don't. But um, maybe, maybe one day that'd be that'd be quite nice. <laughs> so, what did what did you want to tell him, Aaron? What what was the what was the, the, the kind of crux of the letter? Well, well, ever ever since he came into the club, really, I'd kind of connected and and uh, I'd started reading about him and found him quite interesting. Um, I did ethics at university, so you know, just that even when he got the players to pick up litter and those kind of things, it it kind of sparked my intrigue and. Um, I put I put in that you know he's he's done an awful lot for the club, but also for the fans. You know, for fans of other clubs, maybe maybe don't realise how you know to the extent to which he um, he impacts the club and the fans and and the you know the inspiration that I got from him was was to start coaching. 
I love the legends about him. Danny Higginbottom was writing about him on Monday, and he said, uh, <coughs> he said when he was manager of Argentina, he dropped Juan <coughs> Roman Riquelme, a yeah, huge yeah, yeah. star, of course, in Argentinian football. And then he went to a testimonial for, uh, at Boca Juniors where Riquelme is worshipped, you know, hmm. and the crowd, and they're a strong crowd, booed him the whole game. And he said, oh, I love that. Because, <laughs> and Danny said, because he's a proper football man, so he appreciated their passion. I think yeah. he's quite a special fella, I think. Yeah, and, and you know, he, he came to Leeds, I think, and, you know, you hear about the talks between him and Roger Zani, and they, you know, they weighed up um, whether it was it was the best thing for him, and he looked at the city more than more than anything, you know, the, the contracts and stuff, and I think he's bought into that, and maybe he sees some parallels between us and Newell's and the passion that we show at games, and I think he, he loves it, and, he, he you know, he's fallen in love with the club, and we've fallen in love with him. I understand that you did sort of pat him on the back for his sense of sporting justice uh, in that game against Villa last year when he told the players to step back and, and let uh, let the opponent score. But I just wonder where the old Spygate fits as you're a student of ethics. How do you view that? <laughs> it's an interesting one, isn't it? Because, um, you know, technically he didn't break any rules, but um, he, he, maybe he wasn't accustomed to our uh, fair play rules in, in England, but... I, I've, as I said in the letter, I've never been more proud as a Leeds fan when, when uh, they let that goal in. Um, I just thought, you know, what a great show um, for, for the fans and, and what a role model he is, you know, for, for, for other coaches and like myself on a, on a Sunday. And, um, yeah, just, just that little small act of kindness, I think, went, went a massive way. Yeah. So. He, said, he said he will treasure your letter. What a lovely That's thing lovely. for him to yeah. say. Yeah, <laughs> that was pretty, uh, pretty mental, yeah. He, um, I think because I wrote it in Spanish, he must have been obviously easy to read. And, uh, yeah, it was, it, was, it was amazing. I, th- I think it's intriguing, actually. You know, it's it's great for the Premier League, that, A, that leads it back, but especially with Bielsa. And I think, I don't know how you think they're going to do, but we, we saw them against Arsenal, didn't we, in that game where they really outplayed Arsenal. Yeah. And uh, it's going to be fun. How do you think they're going to get on? I think, I think they'll get on well. I mean, you know, genuinely, I... I believe there's no better man to be in charge um you know and just just everything he does and he'll he'll know he'll calculate everything you know <laughs> whilst everyone else is on furlough in the country he, he was analyzing game after game after game and he'll do that the same and, and i have i have full faith that um we'll get a squad together and I, i'm looking forward to seeing these players you know reap the rewards of, of the hard work this season in, in the premier league there's been talk of cavani we were chatting about a guy in south america yesterday and he <laughs> think he still thinks he's got a couple of good years in him he'd be he, what a talisman what a he'd be for be you. Be that'd be fantastic he's a top player i'd take cavani or ibrahimovic <laughs> yeah <laughs> now nah, ibrahimovic is too old now yeah, too think, old and yeah. you saw the last time in england i think cavani too would physical, be would be yeah. would be good for you yeah, he could he could definitely take it uh, now one of the other things finally you did was you started drinking mate the uh, the kind of south american <laughs> tea that we often yeah. see a lot of the south american players drinking from their flasks with their straws so i mean that is they say above and beyond just mm. to write a letter to the manager you wouldn't have to do that with neil warnock would you <laughs> uh, so it's you, strong stuff matter is you still it. drinking it i have yeah i'm not a massive fan of any mm. reddit one but uh, are you, are you, have you got into it now? Are you on the touchline that you're under 13s coaching games with your flask? Yeah, hey, I've got my mate in my bucket, yeah. yeah. It's a bitter drink, bitter drink for sure, yeah. It's so really bitter, that it makes green tea taste like orangina. It's yeah. so bitter, I, it does, I can't yeah. get on with yeah. it. Have you got one of those special cups with the metal yeah. straw? Oh, you've got the oh, whole he's business. he's gone for it, isn't he? Oh, yeah, oh, brilliant. I'm wandering around. <laughs> the Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast from Talk Sport. Now, until we saw pictures of the new Piccadilly Line home shirt, 
Uh, we had no idea there was even a Piccadilly line team, despite no. the fact our old mate Crackers was a driver on the pick line for, mm. for many years. Yeah, right. Um, I don't know if he ever turned out for them. Well, he might have. But they're all here. I've got the, the kind of roll of honour over the years, mm. past winners, and they're all there. The Hammersmith and City, the Northern, the District, uh, my team, the Victoria line, they're on there. Uh, plus uh, Operation Support and Track Force, Again, Metropolitan, all your yeah. favourites, Bakerloo, uh, t- uh, and well, many, the Victoria many more. Line, like Tottenham. <laughs> really? <laughs> I don't know. I'm asking you, are they? they might I couldn't support Piccadilly <laughs> Line. I feel bad. Jem Toiger is the manager of uh, Piccadilly FC. Hi, oh, yeah. Jem. Hello, Paul. Hello, Andy. How are you both? Yeah, we're good. good. Could you go through Gillespie Road? I know it's got a different name, but I'm not pre- prepared to say But you go through Gillespie Road, so I'm... Af- Every time I go through it, I boo. Oh, it's pathetic, isn't it? <laughs> it's pathetic, but I'm afraid I'd, 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 I couldn't... Well, I, I, I was first supporter myself. So, oh, um, OK. Can't be easy yeah. for you. No, it's, it's really, really difficult. <laughs> so the league's been going, what, since the mid-90s? Is that right? Yeah, that's right. The league started in 1996. Um, it well, how it all came about was um, obviously I'm a TSL employee. I work for the London Underground. And um, back then in 1995, sports equipment and facilities were taken away from TSL employees. Uh, the person in charge of that, the, uh, that that back then was Andy Anthony. He doesn't work for the company anymore, mm. but he asked for funds to um, have for pitch hire, um, so that we could all play football. And a tournament took place in 1995 involving several underground teams representing different lines. And then the final of that was Piccadilly and District, which District won 2-1. And there's been a rival rivalry ever since. Um, and then the league was born in 1996 because of the success of that tournament. And it's been going ever since. It, it was one division to begin with. And then in 1999, it split into two divisions. Wow. I mean, wow. So, so, do, do, I haven't seen the shirt. So do, do the teams wear the colour of their life? For example, district line, do they wear the green, a green shirt? Does it work like that? Well, I mean, yes and no. I mean, every a, a lot of teams, the district line do wear green. Um, um, a very good friend of mine, Jason Hill, he runs the district line. And he's, you know, he's changed their look quite a bit and modernised their look. We've always always had red and uh, sorry, we've always had blue and white, um, and the uh, H and C have had um, black and yellow. Uh, but yeah, it just it does vary. I mean, Bakerloo's turned up in a pink kit before, so and Bakerloo's brown. <laughs> really? so, it, yeah, it's not always it's not always the way. Do you have to be a TFL worker? It's not like the Met Police, is it? I mean, you have to you have to physically be a TFL worker to play in the league. That's correct. Every person that plays for any of the teams. They are all employed by Transport for London, London Underground or London Overground. However, there is an exception. We have the British Transport Police uh, and they play in our league. And we've also got the London Ambulance Service on the waiting list to to join the league as well. Okay, all right. I I might have... uh, Okay. Uh, So, yeah, I was saying earlier on, the Elizabeth line are in Division 2. They must get some clogged. They haven't even got a line yet, have they? I mean, is is this all the engineers working on it? I mean, there's nobody... No trains on it. (laughs) They just joined us this season and they've, mm. they've had a very successful first season um, and you know um, unfortunately they've got a couple of games left obviously due to COVID-19 they've had to um, hold it where it is at the moment with two games to go but they've got a very good chance of getting promoted into to Division 1 um, and that's their first season in, in the in the uh, league so mm. 
No, they're a very good team. And um, I'm not sure if that's, that's all the engineers there, but um, the ones that do turn up, they're very good footballers. They were going to enter four years ago, but it's taken them a bit of time to get a team to get in. Right? <laughs> it <laughs> would have done, of course. It would have made the Can yeah, fans they... get in using their Oyster card? <laughs> like a season ticket. <laughs> oh, yeah, Andy, he's on, he's on fire now. So, um, where, where, so where can people come and watch you play if they want to watch the games? So our games are at Market Road, Islington. Oh, yeah, the nearest station that. is Caledonian Road, which mm. is not far from the Emirates Stadium. Yeah. Um, and, um, yeah, it's, there's two 11-a-side um, pitches, um, 4G 11-a-side pitches where we play. There is a cage around it, so there, unfortunately there's no seating area, but yeah. we do get a lot of ground hoppers. Um, and fans and come watch us. We had wow. about a hundred people turn out last year for our LU Cup final. Come and watch us, which Fantastic. was amazing. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast from Talksport. I can't believe this news coming out of Birmingham. What an idiotic thing to do! It's unbelievable. The retirement of a shirt should be reserved for legends only, like Michael Jordan. Not a bloke that's played for half a season. <laughs> It's absolutely ridiculous. I've never seen this boy play. I presume he's this good. Is, he is Otherwise, very good. Dortmund yeah. wouldn't no, have signed this him. Is, I mean, this but is you can't the, retire his shirt. That yeah. is utterly ridiculous. Jude Bellingham's uh, number 22 shirt has been retired by Birmingham City. And, and um, yeah, I kind of I sort of know what you mean. It, it's, not, it's a lovely what gesture the by the club. the players that have played for Birmingham? They, uh, Trevor, they've retired Trevor Francis's shirt and all that sort of thing. I bet they yeah. haven't. That is Bob absolute, Hattons? Yeah. It's it's ludicrous. I don't care how good he is. He, he's only played for half a season. It's ridiculous. Well, there we are. He's, he's more upset about that than he is Kepper. It's not even his club. No, but you've got to have. You know, these things are special. You know. Yeah. He, you know. You think it cheapens it, Andy? Oh, you think it cheapens the whole concept of retiring a shirt? Does. I mean, you know, you can't think of many people who deserve to have their shirt retired. You know, they, you know, they are the very very creme de la creme. You know, not. Let's play half a season. Look at how good he is. That's ridiculous. Oh, well, if that's what they want to do. But I think <laughs> okay. it's bonkers. Fair enough. Uh, so uh, that's us off Birmingham City's Christmas card list. Not that we were ever on it, of No, course. I'm not on it. So um, what else did you want to say, Andy? You got anything else you want to get off your chest? Uh, yes. Okay, good. Um, <laughs> Danbury Mint have come up with yet another Liverpool offer. This is the uh, the enamel badge. I won't be going for that either. Thanks what, the Liverpool much. enamel badge? The deluxe enamels. Okay. <laughs> no thanks. But still, I'm sure it's all going to sell very well. Mm. And um, this, the, the woman that went out with Paul Hollywood, the Bake Off uh, judge. Oh, yeah, not the plumber. Uh, Summer Montes Fulham Craven Cottage. She would have been like gutted to... last night, wouldn't she? <laughs> she gutted. Yeah. <laughs> Honestly. What about it? What have you just brought? The, up? Why have you brought her up? I brought her up because there's a picture in the in the paper today. Hmm. Um, basically, you know the famous Athena poster of the girl playing tennis. Yeah, Athena, yeah, I'm with Athena, you. Yeah. Yeah. The girl playing tennis, and you know you see. Oh yeah, scratching her backside. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So she did that one. Monkey on the toilet. Yeah. That's the other one they used to and sell just, a lot of. Oh, remember she that one? Happened to be playing tennis. Just. Happened to do that, and the wow. photographer just happened to be there. What Honestly, are the chances? What is the? I, I sometimes wonder with the papers. There's anybody in that goes. Well, who is this person? Really? <laughs> Why are we featuring her every day? It's the same with Rita Ora. There's another one today. What's her name? I wrote it down. It's uh, never heard of her. Fantastic. It's Pia Mia. Pia Mia. <laughs> Pia Mia. Pia Mia. Dua Lipa and Rita Ora. I think they're all the same person. What a back three. <laughs> Fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> Who's Pia Mia, says Andy? Well, I don't know. I can't keep up with them, Gov, these days. All these kids, I can't keep up. Can I drop you here? 
And the idea that there was news about Strictly today, that Strictly's pro dance stars face a six-week lockdown oh. before the show even starts. They'll be cut off from family. You know how bad this show is for people's relationships at the best of times? Oh, yeah. You should be locked. Your husband you goes to be in a bio-bubble. bio-bubble with some gorgeous dancer, yeah. male or female, for six weeks. Oh, that's going to be good for your marriage. Yeah. <laughs> Tremendous. I mean, it's, after six weeks in a bio-bubble, Anton and Anne Whittacombe would have got it on. <laughs> That's what it would have come to. He'll deny it. He'll deny it, but he's not telling you the truth. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast from TalkSport. You should celebrate yourself every day, but some days you should celebrate with jewellery. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast from TalkSport. Now, our next guest has got so many weird and wonderful football shirts. Uh, he has produced an A to Z of weird and wonderful football shirts, broccoli, beer and bruised bananas. Uh, Richard Johnson is his name. Good afternoon, Richard. Afternoon, gents. How are you? Good, Good thank thanks. you. What a lovely book. I mean, I'm not just saying that because it, it, it's an absolute cracker. It's um, There's so many shirts in here. Well, look, there are shirts I've seen before, but there's an awful lot I haven't. And that's what's great about it. So many of these are, it's not just the kind of collection of your old favourites. So many of them are new to me. And what makes it even better is that this is your personal collection, isn't it? It is, yeah. Um, so, I mean, the whole point behind doing the book was that I... I kind of love the weird and wonderful football shirts it's it's been a big passion for me down the years um I, I think i'm just a bit of a contrary person at times so when you get you get all these sort of like top 10 worst football shirt lists i'm always looking at and thinking but i really like that you know it's so that's just my sort of like attitude and and then over the years i've just sort of like, i've wanted to get as many of them as possible and uh and I, the funny thing is, when when you're into football shirts, you get caught in a bubble of of other people that know about football shirts, and you get <laughs> so used to seeing all these things. And then when you talk to someone outside of that bubble, you realise they have no idea about some of these shirts. Like you say, some of them are in in the book are quite well known, but but there's others that people have never seen. And I'm just like thinking, oh, you know, I've had that for years. And then so you just sort of you get caught in this sort of zone of knowing all about it and then when you show other people i mean i remember the first time i showed the the publishers a couple of them they were like what on earth are they yeah i know you do get the, the there's certain mm. clubs that that corner the market in them and there is one volga ulyanovsk and uh, possibly my favorite in here 
just showing it to Andy now because he loves the book so much. He was looking at it last night. He left it at home. <laughs> but it, it's basically <laughs> the first day back at school, isn't it? 2019 special edition. It's a kind of school blazer, short sleeve school blazer with a rucksack on the back of it <laughs> as a football shirt. I know, but the best part about it is, see, you get a lot of these shirts that come out these days, and they're just sort of, they do these one-offs, limited editions, but they never actually wear them. They just sort of like, you know, do them to sort of generate sales. But that they actually wore that in a match. So could you imagine as a fully grown adult going onto the football pitch, looking like a schoolboy? Yeah. If you're the Terry Herlock of that team, and your team are 1-0 down, you're trying to get them going, you're going to feel a right idiot, aren't you, really? <laughs> it's very, we very were, We were talking to Loch Ness uh, FC last week, and... Uh, they have a, a beautiful shirt with the, with the Loch Ness monster. I don't know if you've seen this yeah, one, but it strikes me Nessie, that Nessie on you'd enjoy shirt. this shirt, in the home and away. Very interesting. I've already got uh, both the home oh, and the oh, away. Oh, of course, <laughs> of course. Yeah, of course. <laughs> well, that's the next question, really. I mean, I, I, for insurance purposes, I'm just interested to know how much this collection is worth because I say it's pretty comprehensive. There's some wonderful. Sh- I mean, it it's, couldn't have been cheap to put together this. Um, no, it's not. <laughs> um, I mean, if you ask my wife, it's worthless. But you know, <laughs> uh, but no. I, I mean, the thing is, I've collected them over the years. But I think um, I, I did kind of once once the sort of book was going to be coming out. I then sort of got into a rut of every time I saw a shirt that I really liked, I was like, I'll justify that because I've got a book coming out that can go in the book. <laughs> and then suddenly in the sort of like in the sort of six months before the book came out, I probably doubled the amount of shirts that went into it. I was like, oops, you know, kind of, I just I think the best thing to do with that is just never think about it. Are you just a collector or do you wear them as a kind of leisure item? Um. I can't fit into any of them. Ah. <laughs> um, I, I ate all the pies, so I don't fit into any of them, unfortunately. Oh, right, so, okay. <laughs> but no, I, I generally just collect them, and they sort of, they just, yeah, they just sort of get stuck in a box and occasionally let out to sort of have a look at. Do you get a chance to show these? I mean, do, is there any way you can sort of take these off to exhibitions? I'm sure people would love to see these. Well, I mean. I've, I've done a couple of things because I'm a COV fan. So right. um, a couple of years ago when it was 30 years since we won the FA Cup, I, I took a load of COV shirts along to uh, like a day when they had some of the players there. Um, and there's a, an, a, an exhibition, a sort of like a, con, a convention that was due to happen this March. Annoyingly, it was due to um, happen when I was uh, going to launch the book. Um, but obviously something called COVID came along and mm. kind of trashed off mm. that, you know. I don't know if you've heard of it. Um, and then... Uh, uh, but so they're, they've now moved their kit convention. It's called KitCon. They've moved it to next year. So we'll hopefully be there with the book and probably like a backdrop of shirts. But I have had a few shirts in a, an exhibition. I think Classic Football Shirts did um, an exhibition a couple of years ago. Um, and the funny thing was, I, I've written about it in the book. I asked them if they wanted me to, you know, mm. provide a few shirts. And they were like, yeah, okay, what have you got? So I showed them some, including the the, the infamous CD Loha one, which is the one with prawns all over it. Mm. Um, and they were like, yeah, yeah, more of those, you know. So I provided a load for the exhibition. And I was there, and it got quite a lot of attention. Um, and I do kind of feel slightly responsible for the um, proliferation of some more weird and wonderful football shirts because then classic football shirts started selling them all and i kind of feel a bit you know a bit sorry for that but also not sorry so. <laughs> did this obsession start, you say you're a coventry fan did, did this obsession start with the the famous coventry brown shirt which people love don't they no because that was before my time hmm. um i, I hmm. mean i'm not commenting on your age gents uh, but uh, i i 
didn't get into football to the mid 80s um but i think that late 80s was prime time for when football shirts started to go a bit crazy so you had like the netherlands 88 shirt and then you had the 90s where football shirt design just sort of lost its mind really um and i i don't know i've always just been fascinated by it and like i say the i do love that coventry brown shirt unfortunately i don't own one i mean that that is very expensive so unfortunately that's yeah i mean one of my friends actually managed to get a whole kit off ebay for about 140 quid recently and i'd been surfing for those exact that exact shirt about 10 minutes before and and obviously just missed it and i was obviously gutted but we we spoke earlier on richard to uh, piccadilly uh, fc the, the piccadilly line football team they've just brought out a new home kit and it's uh, the same material as the seat coverings on a piccadilly line train so mm, nice. you might want to go and check out uh, piccadilly fc because i think that might add to your weird and wonderful list i've already got one on order i was speaking to jim the other day about it because uh yeah I, I saw it and we were chatting and then he mentioned he was gonna be on the radio i was like oh okay so am i <laughs> yeah he was on about half an hour before you I yeah love, i was just listening yeah. I, I love it is there a, i mean i don't know if germany stands out which country stands out for the weird and wonderful i'm looking at these oktoberfest shirts they're a mixture of uh, macron and, and all sport shirts but the all sport shirts which are kind of like the the um the 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 waitresses outfits that they wear for Oktoberfest these are quite amazing for the Mainz and Cologne shirts I love those I mean mm. I think they're just fantastic I mean especially the Oktoberfest shirts I've made a I mean I've I've collected them all I think they started doing them in 2012 and I've managed to get every single one that they've done and like you say the original sport ones were were brilliant I mean in terms of countries i'd say spain is probably the one that's the sort of the granddaddy of of weird shirts because that's kind of where it all started with the la jolla Lorca broccoli shirt which probably is one of the more famous ones um and that's kind of i think what really sparked it you then got a lot of smaller teams in the spanish league sort of jumping on the bandwagon and doing their own sort of versions of that and the thing is it, it gains notoriety it helps sell shirts i mean one of the clubs i bought a shirt from in spain i think is it's it's a futsal club um so it's not even a full football club and they've got a ground capacity of about 100 and they've got someone from the uk going can i buy one of your shirts please <laughs> have you got the pescari you've got that one haven't you the rainbow shirt the dolphin one, yeah, yeah I've got yeah. that, yeah. yeah of course you love the it. Hawksby and Jacobs daily podcast from Talk Sport. There we are, that was this afternoon's show. We're back tomorrow from one with Motti and the clips of the week. Just to let you know that apart from the uh, H&J daily podcast, the one you're listening to now, um, we now have the whole of Striker available as one podcast. Ian Danter as Steve Bruce reading uh, our lockdown novel, Steve Bruce's Striker. It's available as a separate podcast wherever you got this one. So a lot of people have been asking for it. So there it is. Uh, we'll see you then. Andy, what did you want to say? Anything else? You're no. done. No, he's done. done. Uh, he's off. Uh, we'll see you tomorrow. Thanks for listening. You've been listening to the Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Hear the guys every weekday between 1 and 4 p.m. on TalkSport. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. 
Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. 